Hello and welcome to From Panels to Pictures. This is the comic book movie and TV show from the Comic Crush. I'm your host, Paul. I am joined by Nikki Hrax. Hey. It's been so long, Nikki. It's such a pleasure to see you. Nice to see you too. I know. It's been a few months, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we haven't really, there's not really been a great deal out. Um, so, and we've been doing the other shows, the, the, the sort of after shows with, um, with Liz uh, for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, with uh, Loki being the next one to come up. Now, we're going to be doing something a bit different this week. We're doing two shows, um, just because they're two shows that sort of came out back to back. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do one of the shows back when it was out, uh, because I was busy doing other things. Um, so we're going to look at Jupiter's Legacy and Invincible. Um, th there's been a few uh, various things said about both shows, good and bad. Um, but we're going to try and address some of those and, and, and just talk about the original comics and, of course, the shows themselves. They are quite connected, uh, as it happens. This wasn't us on purpose waiting to see these two shows, but they... They actually do share some kind of thematic and dramatic connections that we, we're we're going to try and talk about. Um, Nikki's been been kind of messaging me for the last couple of weeks, took it as she's as she's been reading the comics and and uh, watching the show, and we've been sort of just pre-discussing it really. So now we're going to talk about it with you guys. Um, Nikki, how about we start with Jupiter's Legacy? Um, which is a comic I read, I think. I think I brought back issues of it, you know, like the first run mm. by um, Frank um, Mark Miller, I should say, not Frank Miller, Mark Miller and uh, Frank Quitely, um, who is a phenomenal artist. Mark Miller's writing can be quite diversive here. Um, like you hear kind of plaudits and, and kind of um, uh, negative things being mentioned about Mark Miller's writing. I think he's a very mm. commercial writer. I, I think he knows where the money is. I, I think, and, and that's no disrespect. I, I, I think it's important for comics writers. You know, it's not a massively well-paid industry. I think Mark Miller has a really good commercial head on his shoulders, and he knows how to make books that are commercial and um he's, he's also managed to retain creative control over pretty much all his work for a vast chunk of his career which is really unusual in comics and you, you know he came out of sort of marvel and dc and image and stuff like that he did uh the ultimates which is probably the thing he's most famous for that and civil war um but the, i don't know if you've ever read the ultimates no i haven't I, okay like so, the the Ultimates is is definitely worth reading. In its original two volumes, um, it's it's the kind of thing that that basically you can see where the MCU is drawn from. Okay. Uh, so it was Mark Miller that gave us the the kind of Black Nick Fury based on Samuel L. Jackson. So his kind of characters looked like movie stars. He um, he redid the origins of pretty much all of them and he updated the characters he updated all the tech he updated the the politics of it um and the ultimates is probably hands down one of my 
favourite comic books of all time. Ultimates and Ultimates 2 are definitely worth looking at. Uh, he also did Wolverine Enemy of the State, which is uh, probably one of the best 12-issue runs I've ever read in my life. Uh, um, if I know you're, you're kind of a comics fan. I don't want to say fan girl, but fan, you know, fan person. Uh, like, yeah, but, but like, like me and, and Wolverine Enemy of the State, as a fanboy, Wolverine Enemy of the State is phenomenal. Like, it's just amazing. It gives you everything you want from comic books. So now he's, he's kind of out on his own. He's been doing this Miller World stuff largely through Image for a few years. That was sold to Netflix. Sorry, I'll, I'll give you a chance to jump no, in. No, 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 no. My, uh, I, so, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, my eyes are like going in and out. So I can't tell if I need my glass or not. So sorry if I'm like a whack job on the video. Um, so he sold, he sold the company Miller World to uh, Netflix a couple of years back. Um, and they began kind of co-publishing the comics with Image, I guess. So everything still went out on the image label, but uh, Netflix branded. They own Miller World now. Uh, effectively, Mark Miller, I guess, is a Miller, uh, is a Netflix employee. Mm. Um, so basically, his comics, and, and this is one of the things that people have trouble with. His comics have become kind of our IP farms for movies and TV. I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that because. As I've said before, the amount of creative control and the money that's given and, and paid out to comic creators is actually relatively low. And it's been one of the great big kind of bones of contention over the years, especially since the comic book movie and TV boom, um, is that the crea original creators don't get enough credit. And Mark Miller manages to circumvent that. Uh, in his personal life, he does a lot for charity, especially the area in Scotland, in Glasgow, I believe, where he's from. He, he funnels money back into that area. Um, but his his comics can be controversial. Sometimes I can see why. I don't always disagree. But overall, I like them. And I really like Jupiter's Legacy. So... <laughs> <laughs> You've uh, did you read all four volumes of Jupiter? I did. I, I right. had uh, it was a busy reading week for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um, they are. So here's the first. Now we're going to talk about that's the first volume just there, uh, with the original quietly cover. There there is something odd in <laughs> which we, we came up against. So so Nikki sent me a photo of her first Jupiter's legacy volume. Um, and I sent her a message back going, hold on, don't read that because it's not Jupiter's Legacy. That is, in fact, Jupiter's Circle. Jupiter's Circle is a prequel to Jupiter's Legacy. It uh, is set many years before the main story. Um, but it's not the first thing you should read. You should really read sort of, if you're buying the new volumes, the Netflix branded volumes, start with volume three. Then go back to volumes one and two, which are Jupiter Circle, and then pick up volume four, which is the second volume, second part of Jupiter's Legacy. Why the F did they do that? Like, I, don't know. I was so fucking confused. Sorry, F bomb. Um, I was so confused <laughs> by that. Thing. It aggravated me to no end. If you didn't like navigate me, I would have been, I was like, who the hell? Like, what is going on? 
it was something I didn't realise until because I, I I'd been looking at the the volumes on online and at Gosh Comics where I, I usually get my comics from um, on their website and then I, I just popped into a bookshop randomly the other day because I was like I'm sure there aren't that many volumes of, of the comic that's titled Jupiter's Legacy. Um, and it was then that I caught on to the fact that they've renumbered everything and retitled everything. Yeah! It's really annoying. It I get so why they've annoying. done it. I get why they've done it, but I wish they'd thought more carefully editorially about it. Because even so, like going through it, like I was, I kept flip flopping. Wait, wait a second. I think I read mm. this and then like I kept jumping around to like when I was taking notes and stuff. And I was like, where am I right now in this whole thing? That was. <laughs> the most ir unnecessarily irritating thing i've ever experienced because the it, the writing was wonderful mm. but like it's good right like I, I i think it's really sort of writing but yeah you're right editorially it's, it just makes no sense because the things that happen in the series happen in volumes one and to a certain degree volume two of Ju what we know as jupiter's legacy but there are also flashbacks to the some of the stuff that's in Jupiter Circle. They don't cover everything. Um, it, it's interesting to see what they did and didn't cover, actually. Yeah. So, ostensibly, the story is that the we're in, we're set, I guess, now um, with a hero called... Um, uh, the Utopian, uh, who is the leader of a sort of Justice League group of superheroes. But they're now, he's kind of getting older. His wife's getting older. She's also a superhero. Uh, his son is sort of primed to take over as, as his successor, um, but he's not kind of meeting his high standards. Um <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. And, and also he has a daughter who is more interested in endorsements and advertising and making money and drugs and sex than she is in being a superhero. Um, I, I, I think it's interesting stuff. How did you find the comics? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. The, I love the comics. I, I if, Paul, if you saw my notes... It's like, I just have Brandon equals a-hole. Like, I just go down the list of all these, all these characters. And it's like, wow, this person's also an a-hole. Like, and it's just, all these people are so shitty. Like, all these superheroes are such bastards. Um, I thought it was great. I like the idea of, you know, you have these elevated superheroes and they have their own issues. Um I, I gotta say though, like I I know that we're focusing on the <clears throat> graphic novels right now. It's fun. Do, do, can, bounce around as you like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, bounce around. Because as you I like. started with the show, mm. so and the, after reading the graphic novels, it's like, what? Why would they do certain things in the show if this is like kind of the trajectory of the story over in the graphic novel world? A lot of things were explained to me after reading them. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, wh where was I going with that? Uh, I wonder why they flip-flop 
Brandon's character, like he was just started off as a bastard in the graphic novel, period. Like there was no hope for him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right? That's, like Yeah. That that brings up a really interesting point. Um, because I, I remember messaging you after I read volume one of Jupiter's Legacy again. I remember messaging you and saying, I can't believe how compressed this is. Because the comic, surprisingly for Mark Miller, Mark Miller does this thing, which is is kind of very prevalent in all comics now, nearly, uh, particularly in superhero comics, which is decompression. So they'll take a moment or a uh, event and they'll just open that up and cut into it and... Um, whereas comics previously, you know, I, I was looking today at some old Suicide Squad stuff. Um, there was one caption that wasn't voiceover, it was just like the omnipresent caption telling you where you are and what's going on, and it was 35 words long. And you just would not get a 35 word caption in comics today, yeah. But Mark Miller manages to, and, and along with, with quietly, manages to compress so much story and backstory into that first volume. And I was really surprised at the speed at mm -hmm. which it flew by because I, I was reading it just kind of, I don't, I don't remember it being this compressed. Yeah. And I guess that there is a difference between reading the single issues where I originally read it and reading it like this. However, um, I think he's enormously helped in that by Frank Whiteley's art <clears throat> um, where in any one panel, there are four or five things happening. And, yeah. and if you look at his characters, everyone's got an arc. Everyone's doing mm -hmm. something. Oh, yeah. There's like a bunch of other things from about five minutes ago that are coming to a conclusion whilst this thing is kicking off or this thing is ending. And that's one of the things I love about Quietly's art is that it, it's, it's detailed in incident, if not in kind of lines and, and stuff like that although his, his lines are really good I, I really like the kind of activity and movement he gets yeah um the show by comparison is really decompressed like it takes a long time to get to where it's going um there will be spoilers by the way guys so <laughs> you know we'll try and give you a heads up when that's going to happen so you can mute us and um the show's really decompressed, and uh, I was actually surprised because normally with Mark Miller, you get it the other way around, where it's just like this thing moves by mm -hmm. really slowly, and this thing moves by really fast. I think the conclusion to Kick-Ass, the comic, the first arc, the first storyline of that, took about three issues, and it, and it was oh. maddening at the time. Like, it drove me mad. Um, and here it's the opposite. Bang, fast, done. The TV uh, show, I wanted to turn it off. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I, because you had messaged me about it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The, no, no. You had texted about it, and you were like, I really like it, and like, check it out. And I went into it, and I was like, man, all these people are just whining this whole time. Like, the first episode, I'm like, oh, God, like, please, like, stop talking. Like, everybody has their problems and stuff. Like, obviously, a show needs to, like, have some sort of content. But I'm like, but, like, it was so, like, whiny. I'm like, shut the hell up. You got all these cool powers. Like, do something with them. And then we got to the second episode, and then it, like, and then it dropped. And then once, like, then we really started getting into it by, like, the third episode. But, like, the first two were just, like, I feel like, 
it was it was it was like hard and then you started like really understanding like what they were opening up like between like the utopian struggle like being in this new age world and you know trying to hold on to these morals that either he like genuinely mm. believes in or like he just this is his only like foundation to who he is right now so he's like holding on to them because that's his only sense of truth like so there's like that aspect because you know, uh, I guess spoilers starting now, <laughs> um, as far as like when, you know, Brandon killed that, uh, the guy, the clone guy, um, yeah, black star, black star, right. Is, He's yeah. clone. Um, you know, then it's like, well, why would you just let the bad guy take your father's life? Like, why would you tell your son that he, and like harp on it over and over again? Like, why should all these good mm. people or people that are putting out positive energy into the world or trying to anyway, why would you sacrifice their life over just getting the job done in battle? Like when you know you're going to be like, you are going to be fried, you know, like, so it's this weird, why are you holding on to these beliefs? And, you know, you're supposed to be, I don't know, like it's, it's a, it's, they're hard concepts to really yeah. unpack. I think, yeah, I mean, so, so as you correctly point out, Brandon kills Blackstar, who's like a very dangerous villain. He has an anti-matter heart. He, he causes mass destruction. It takes a lot of kind of superheroes to bring him down. Um, and I, it's kind of, it, it is that age-old argument of why would you possibly, you know, why would Batman possibly let the, the Joker just run around like crazy murdering hundreds of people every time he gets out of Arkham. It is it is an insane concept when you think about it. It's necessary for comics. Yeah. Um and I think it's necessary for the the kind of morals that you're trying to impart in sto storytelling. Um but in terms of real world um kind of solubility it doesn't make sense it just, it just literally doesn't make sense you would absolutely but then i i guess it's like would i want the death penalty it's just like uh, no probably not actually you know <laughs> um, <not. laughs> yeah um but but in terms of where you're dealing with people that dangerous you can you can potentially level cities uh and wipe out thousands of people like that yeah you are kind of like uh no you'd you'd at absolutely kill him and, it, and it's weird like if you look at like marvel characters marvel characters don't necessarily have that problem like yeah the marvel characters kill an awful lot of people <laughs> they're killing they're getting yeah. killing um you know and, and quite understandably i i don't think anyone would have wanted a long prison sentence to thanos you know it's well, you want that guy to go down yeah um, <laughs> however but, batman explains it like yeah. He says, like, what the utopian just like, you don't do it. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Like, you just don't do it. Batman's like, well, because I don't want to be like the bad yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and, and I'm assuming that's utopian's reasoning as well. However, I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's like the, the, the I think it's the difference between it really is a generational difference. So you, you're looking at. So one time period that um, 
the show setting and the comic for that matter is the depression in the late 1900s i believe it was yeah. sorry I, i'm not i'm not as well versed in american history so the <laughs> depression <laughs> yeah or even british history to be honest so the depression in the late 1900s uh or rather the wall street crash in 29 i think it was that then led to the depression um or contributed to the depression yeah. um now at that time i think because you had the specter of you know the second world war was looming there was an entire generation who, who kind of understood or a couple of generations in fact who understood that sacrifices would need to be made fast forward to today no one understands that sacrifices need to be yeah. made um and, and i think that's that's partly what it is it, it's kind of the the the, the gener generation that was willing to sacrifice itself and uh, and kind of help the country keep going versus the generation that's kind of been handed an awful lot um I, like that is a very interesting thing to me and, and you get why his morals are that way and Brandon's are that way. Um, I'm not sure what side of the argument I would fall on, personally. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm kind of... Mm, because you to, to believe in rehabilitation is to believe in hope, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, keep that guy alive, put him in prison. He has to serve, he has to be punished for what he's done, but there's a hope that he can become better. Um... And you, you know, does he no really one, believe that though? I like, think he, I think like, he does. Okay, so here, here was like the main thing that I think was the only thing I could really extract from this, and it stems from was this written as a um, you know, Superman and all like the American superheroes came out of the Great Depression, like if we look at history, um. So like that was the time period. So like this is like correlating with that. Like are is it just birthed in that time period or is this a satire of that? Like I'm struggling. I, hmm, okay. You know, I'm struggling. That's, that's really with, interesting. Yeah. I'm struggling with that thought of like, are we just placing it in a like parallel with, you know, how the propaganda of Superman and like, you know, we need to uplift america and all this other you know like and just have that wrapped into it and like those are the utopians morals as well so like we're just like pushing like the goody goody like I, trajectory there but like or is this like a pointed thing like uh about american history and like the satire of that and like having these superheroes in that I, time period i but, don't like, think he's sorry but now in our in our world or society now there is no good way to think about anything you're always gonna be met with one side of the fence and the other mm. like everybody's always going to have a difference in opinion it's very hard especially with politics to agree on something now uh everybody's like on extremely different ends of it so i don't know if that was like a nod to what's going on today i i think to a degree because like i mean 
I think those generalized kind of politics can be applied across the board. I mean, this was written, I think, back in 20, I want to say 2015, 2014, mm. something like that. Um, he is quite a political writer in a way. Um, yeah. The Ultimates 1 and 2, and particularly the Ultimates 2, are, are quite heavily politicized in, in, in a way. Like they talk about American intervention in, you know, in uh, the Middle East. Uh, not directly, you know, it's done through that veil of, of, of kind of action and adventure comics and things like that. Um, and he, he is quite a political writer. I don't always agree with his politics. Um, I'm not going to go into them here because I, I, I think don't think that's fair to him. You know, he's not here to kind of speak for himself. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but as I said, I like his writing. I, I think, I, and I don't think it's a satire either. I think he actually really likes superheroes and he likes those morals. I, I sometimes think those kind of morals are a bit too easy. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit too much of an absolutism to say don't don't kill, don't do that, don't do that. I, I believe in evil. I, I genuinely think some people are e evil. Yeah. Um, That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I genuinely believe that. Um, I, uh, I think also that there is a thing in fiction uh where especially now that says okay do whatever you've got to do kill whoever you've got to, you know torture people do whatever you want do do this do that do it do it do it get the job done but you've got to be punished for it at some stage and i think in some ways going up against that thing is Brandon's punishment for what he's done, like ha having to then go through a moral quandary mm. and have the relationship with the dad jeopardized is, is his punishment. It's like, well, yeah, you can do, you, you've, you've done what you've done. It's really good that you've done that because it stopped this guy from, you know, killing thousands. However, here's your punishment. It's going to cost you this. It's going to cost you your relationship with your dad. It's going to cost you your relationship with your sister. It's going to cost you your relationship with your mother. Mm. Um, but the prize is the world's safe, and, and then even that gets kind of yeah, you know, because it yeah, he, he actually isn't. You know, the, the 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 guy that he's taken down is a fake, um, and it starts kicks off this mystery leading to the past. Um, I I also think in a way dealing with those two time periods. You, you know, there's there's constant talk of us in the West entering another depression, and you know, entering like a. Except it won't be quite like the depression that that you guys faced in the the twenties and thirties, because it's a depression in a gilded cage. Yeah, and I I, I actually kind of agree with the thing that says that the modern Great Depression is a psychological one and a a kind of mental health one oh, yeah. brought about by all this other stuff, by mm -hmm. politics, by financial, uh, I don't know what to call it really, indiscretions. Um, I, 
There's a thing I want to say when we get to Invincible at the end. I do. There's a point I want to hit about superheroes. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. I mean, that's an interesting thought, though. Like uh, the the depression, the new new wave depression (laughs) is is all it's introverted. Like um, like even between the comic stuff, like you just see how Brandon's interacting in the club with like all these people. It's like you have everything. Like how could you? treat people like this or like why are you giving off this like you know like these people have these wonderful yeah. gifts and like you're just you know you're putting bad energy they, out you know yeah and and they become like i mean i guess they're like it's like looking at billionaires yeah um although i i don't think that today outside of a, a, a few that we you know <laughs> the the tangerine screen machine um <laughs> And various others. I, I don't think publicly that re- extremely rich people who are under the, like the the concept, like Jeff. But I don't think you would see necessarily in public Jeff Bezos being really crappy to someone. Yeah, the way, well, now everybody's watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, especially in today's society, because everything is being recorded and everything's being watched. Um, but I guess it's like that sort of status where when you become so powerful and so unstoppable where are the morals like wh- mm-hmm. where where are the morals like what why do i have to borrow b- bother with morals because i've got you know i'm a trillionaire why do i have to worry about the same things that you would have to worry about of course i don't don't be silly don't mm. be stupid of course i don't and there is an element of that um, there's one comment that really addressed this very well uh, quite a few years back. J. Michael Straczynski, who, who created Babylon 5, is quite a famous writer. He uh, took on Marvel's reinvention of a comic called Supreme Power, which was something they'd originally done in the early 80s, I believe, which is kind of Marvel's version of Justice League. So there is a Batman substitute, there's a Superman substitute, a Wonder Woman substitute, a Green Lantern substitute. Um, and in that, the guy who is Superman eventually realizes that uh, actually I don't need to worry about this planet. I can just I can just run it. Like I don't need you. I don't need to pay for anything. I'm fucking like. Do you know what I can do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Just bang, destroy it. And I, and I think that in a way, the morals of don't kill are a smaller scale version of keeping yourself in check. Because it gives you, you start to give yourself a checks, checks and balances. Um, because I think if you are omnipotent, if you can be anywhere in 20 seconds flat and lift uh, uh, a country up with your bare hands. Yeah. Why would you bother with I mean, this is such a small or, pond for you. Yeah, yeah like, but, just go but, conquer something. Yeah, but also the other side of that is... is um, the uncle ben daniel's character um who who says actually if we intervene at least in the comics if we intervene Mm -hmm. and we start helping the helping the government we can we can actually really help we can we can sort of end poverty in a few years and and what's fascinating in the comic is that's not what he does of course that's not what he does (laughs) not at all yeah um and the comic has some more, you, you know, is a lot more advanced in the storytelling in terms of where it goes 
Yeah. Because th- this, I feel that they're kind of taking their time. They want a second season, a third season. You know, they want to be able to tell an expansive, big story. Um, and yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I kind of, I really liked it. I like it a lot um, too. As we're like talking about, I'm like, whoa, this is like, this makes me like kind of not like it because it's way <laughs> too <laughs> realistic to like what's going on in like the real world and like as i'm reading it i'm not like really processing that way it's only when i'm analyzing it that i'm like oh like i don't want to real read about like real life you know i like the fact that you know that they were they were struggling with what's going on but like this is like this really dips out of the comic into you know not not just that that 30s era like you know, over there, like with the depression, it's just like, it pops out here. Nobody's happy. Nobody can talk to each other. Like Mm. you even got a family like that is like really effed up. Like, you know, between, you know, the things that were said in the uh, TV show versus the comic Grace's comments about, well, well, what am I not allowed to have a thought in my head? Like anymore, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then between the utopian thinking that Brandon is like a punishment almost like for things that he's done, even like, why is my son such an F up his daughter's on drugs. Then you like read the con, you know, it's just like, there's so much, there's so much really to unpack with this that I don't, I don't even think I was prepared for this conversation now thinking about it, but like, Um, I mean, Chloe's a really interesting character because she kind of, represents the rejection of not just the ideals of the utopian but any responsibility whatsoever like any responsibility for other people or um you, you, you it's know it's so they're, hard because yeah. in, then in the comic it's like well why then why was she such an F up in the TV show? Like she was like the saving grace in all the comics. I think because they, they kind of, again, they're just doing it in very scant. Cause there seems to be an indication in the comic that she kind of hides her superpowers. Yeah. Um, whereas in the show, she yeah, hurts. she's a, she is a superhero. Everyone knows that. However, she doesn't act like one. Um, you know, she acts, you know, very spoiled and, and kind of she is just about that, you know, making that money and 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 doing those drugs. And I in a way, a lot of that is kind of the impetuousness of youth, which I'm sure we've all been through at some stage or another. Um I, I was always an old man, so that never happened to me. Um, <laughs> I was kind of always an old woman. <laughs> Um, but I don't, like uh, I, I think that there is something in that, and, and again, it's like, what would you do if you had superpowers? Would you really like? <laughs> I'm spend my time saving people. Yeah, that's up to you. I mean, uh, again, there, there is an interesting thing that comes out of that that I'm I'm, I'm holding back on. Okay. So I, I want to wait until we've done Invincible because the the, the two shows do kind of dovetail. On it's us. kind of crazy how many like similarities, yeah. even down to like the the clone idea, you know. <laughs> but because um, I'm watching, I'm like, wait a second, like. <laughs> I, I, I think they they kind of both draw from similar worlds, you know. And, yeah. And I think that's. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think the comics are really great. The show was good and interesting. I hope there's going to be a second season. 
Um, sorry, Nikki, is there anything else you want to say on Jupiter's legacy? Because like, I'm... um, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff. Like, I was definitely it. all for Walter in the beginning of when I was watching the TV show. Right. I'm like, all right, he's gonna get some stuff done. Like, I'm all for this, and then really, it's but like, you knew he was a you knew he was a bad guy from the beginning. I, I think know? in the in the comic, yeah, but in the show, it's played I, very differently, right? I hundred percent. I mean... I'm like, oh man, he's like, <laughs> you know, puppeteer it. He's trying to puppeteer this guy. Okay. I, I thought like the characters are really good though. Like, uh, yeah, there were some weird ones. I didn't like that they didn't really explain Sky Fox thing. But again, like, I guess that's me just being impatient now that I've yeah. read the graphic novel, like. Like they keep talking about it and they there were so many unanswered things like that I, if people just read the four graphic novels then it would be solved you know <laughs> i think they will do more of that in in the second season i, yeah, I, I hope they will ah it's like infuriating but mm. um i guess the other thing that i thought was like really important and i know we touched on it was like this idea of the utopian where his morals are like are they mm. just like when he was past his powers, this is just like his, his like only foundation of what he knows to be good. And he keeps pressing it. Like, how does he not know that when you are a dictator towards, you know, pushing your thoughts, you know, that's going to get backlash and like you're, 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 it's a dictatorship under mm -hmm. the utopian, you know, like, you know, people are going to speak up. Like, well, it, it, it's weird because he's kind of, I think he's he, he is stuck in that sort of pre World War Two non interventionist uh, mindset. So, like, if we look at again, looking at history, it took it took a while for America to enter World War Two, mm -hmm. uh, and of course, it was it was something quite major that made America kind of drive into that. Um, uh, but he is still in that pre almost pre war kind of thing where he's like. Uh, you know, no, we'll protect, but not intervene, which is, of course, radically different from, and, and it is almost like, and again, I, I don't want to make assumptions about America and American politics. I'm not an American. Whilst I know plenty of Americans, I can't. And, you know, I watch the news and stuff. It doesn't mean that I, I would say I am well informed. Well, and you know, that's something else I wanted to ask you too. I wasn't sure mm. how to like go about it exactly. When you read comics, like that they're like set in this American world, you know, like yeah. it's, it's hard for me. Cause like, I obviously phase it out because this is my location, but yeah, like, yeah, sure. do you read it? Like, you know, Oh man, these dumbass Americans. Need no, 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 like, no. How do you interpret it as a non-American? Like why, um, are, why do all the I, superheroes in the world need to save America like when they can go pick flowers from every country and not yeah, help the rest true. of the world, you know, <laughs> you know, it's um, just like a weird thought. And they kind of banged on that a few times in the comics too. Like, um, why, why are the superheroes for America? Like why just America? I, I'm pretty sure I didn't imagine that they, they commented on that. To, to be times. honest, I, I think because American comics have been the, the kind of at the forefront of comics for most British people for so long. If you look at British, like if there was a British version of Superman, I would find it quite laugh laughable, to be honest. 
And sometimes I do find it quite laughable when you try and have, uh, say, American writers interpret British speech. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't always work. I mean, obviously, John Constantine is the Constantine is the 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 sort of exception to the rule, where where most writers seem to be able to get his voice right. Um, I no, I don't think Dumb Mac like. I think. Well, maybe I not even. Think, I think because because American politics embraced the entertainment or seemed to embrace the entertainment value in life before British politics did. I think it's easier and more accessible for us to kind of point and go, "Ha ha, American politics! Look how crazy <laughs> it was." British politics is not any better, um, and, I'm and neither is the comic museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But neither is neither is British society. You know, yeah. um, I, I think yes, there are some things about America as a whole that, that I, I really scratch my head at. Like I'm really kind of just baffled by. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to go into that here because I don't want to offend any Americans it, watching. It, it, it wasn't. Um, it, my point wasn't about that. I was just right, curious. Sorry, go on. Like how you interpret it. Yeah, it wasn't about specific politics. It was more so that why are all superheroes for the most part like saving America solely, you know? And hmm. and like um Well, just because this- it's it's they're they're set in America and I, I think there's there's nothing wrong with that kind of geographical mm-hmm. bias. Um and, and also increasingly today it would be very difficult to say, do a Superman story set in India, for example, that uh-huh. wasn't written by an Indian writer. Um, do you know what I mean? And if, if most of the Superman writers are predominantly, you know, white American guys, then, or white British guys, what Westerners, you know, that's not necessarily going to fly in today's market. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it would largely depend on where a story is set. I don't think there's anything wrong with a kind of geographical bias in, in comics. Yeah. I, I think. Okay. Um, I, I've never. But the thing is, I suppose, like, if, if I was to sit here and dream up a comic story, I wouldn't dream up one set in London. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> really? Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Or England. Where would you? Uh, really? Um, like, it's just. I don't, I, because I don't know if it's just because I'm set here and like, I don't think about these things that after like reading this and like going through the whole thing, I was like, you know what it really was? It was in the comic when uh, the utopian was like, cause he didn't want to give up his, um, his, uh, his DNA. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he decided, I'm going to give Christmas presents, or I don't know if they were correlated, but he's like, I'm going to give Christmas presents to all these kids and, like, make the world a better place. And he's going around, like, right? Like, you remember this part. And he's like, that's for me and uh, my old buddy, St. Nick. And it's like, well, not everybody, like, does Christmas, buddy. You know, like. That's a weird thing, because it it, it presupposes the existence of Santa, which is just bizarre. I know. Like, Like, it really, it's a bizarre. uh, Sorry, guys. We we are talking about something that takes place in Jupiter's circle, the the prequel, which they won't have got to in the show. It'll be interesting to see if the show ever actually deals with that. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Like it's not, it's not, and and he's doing Christmas in countries that wouldn't that wouldn't do it. Christmas. And I was like, what the actual app? Like I'm reading this. But, but okay, what that does say to me though, okay, especially when you're dealing with Christmas, is one thing that is it's become universal and is rampant in every country. Uh, including England, is commerciality. Yes. <laughs> and the commoditizing of uh, holidays and, and the commoditizing of, of everything, really. Um, there, there is no stone left unturned when it comes to, to money. Um, so th th that kind of, that's what that kind of speaks to me about. But in the sense, I think, because you're writing predominantly for American and, and Western audiences, uh, the idea of goodwill to all men at Christmas is is, is kind of universal, hmm. at least to the audience you're trying to reach. Um, and that's not to say that he doesn't care about the audience in Asia or in India or in Russia or anything like that. But I think, you know, again, he knows where the money is. It was just like, <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, really. it was just kind of a, like, wait a second. There are a couple of things that I want to just, tackle here like how does a non-american read this like number one and and then also like going back to that commercial aspect is is the utopian just a commercialized like he's just part of that propaganda like from that yeah. era well, okay yeah you can commercialize and commoditize morals i i think where so somewhere where that did happen i think for the good was sort of World War Two, mm -hmm. and especially World War One, where you were kind of being asked to buy this and buy that and support the war effort, and you, you know, and mm -hmm. it happened here as well. So I, I think you can commoditize and commercialize morals for a good purpose. Um, I don't always think that is necessarily a good thing. Now I, I think now because of the uh dominance of the commercial side of things that is the the morals come second whereas i think before yeah. previously the morals did kind of come first um yes and you know every country that got involved in any kind of conflict probably saw the commercial uh upside of that you know when you go in and rebuild the country you've just bombed yeah. um, <laughs> which happens now but I still think ultimately there has to be a moral imperative for conflict. Um, I, I, I don't want to get too much into it because I, I think it's something that could spark a lot of angry conversation and I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, I'd much rather people. But, yeah, I, I, as a British person reading it, I, I think what you do is you kind of place yourself, you become American while you're reading it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Like you become, like your, your mind kind of, goes into that mindset and having lived in a country where we are full to the brim of American culture I don't have a problem doing that because that's just what I've grown up with and that's what I like and I, I think a lot of readers probably feel the same way um but hey if you don't feel the same way let us know in the comments below uh do, yeah. do drop us a oh, line and, and let us know how you feel uh, about please try and keep it civil um I don't necessarily want to hear people angrily going off at Mark Miller. I think you, you do that on your own time and your own time. 
uh please don't I, do it on our comment section I, I hope not i didn't um i i hope i didn't ask a uh no a bomb kind of question i i didn't no, mean I it any sort of um no no no, no. <laughs> yeah no i i just i, 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 I want to just make um, that clear i i I wasn't asking from that standpoint. I'm asking from, no. I guess, in a in a realm where I do feel like things should be like super inclusive. I it was just something I hadn't thought about before, and 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 then the other thing about it was, you know, you have all these really important characters for the story, and mm. then you have missing ones in like the present day, uh, and one being the uh, character that was homosexual was not present yeah but i on. think they haven't got to that stage in the flashback stuff yet and and that was quite an interesting move for the show to make because i, I don't think netflix cares about oh we can't offend this group we can't offend like i really don't think they care mm. uh or, or it's not to say they don't care but i think they understand that, that these days that, that there is an advantage to being inclusive and and, and doing stuff like that uh, I, I would have liked to have seen that character, but I don't think he has a place in the modern part of the story, which was the yeah. kind of leading part. Um, so I wonder if in series two we'll we'll see that that mm. character. Um, I think he's called what's he called? The Flare? The, no, that's Fitz. Yeah, who is so also a major a hole in the comic. Um, Blue Bolt. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> he was unbearable in the comics. I, I think that, yeah, I mean, oh. I was like, oh man, buddy, I want you to get steam okay, no. right over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like I, that. I'm, like the, the, the characters are, I think there is something to be said that the, There is that difference between public service and going out there and doing it for yourself. And I think that's the kind of thing with the the older versions of the characters mm. where they, they kind of initially start out as, as you know, effectively they're public servants in a way. But some of them have quite a kind of non-altruistic motive for being a superhero. Mm. And, and I, I don't know what side of that argument I'd fall on. Is it better to be self-serving? There is this thing that says you don't necessarily want people who occupy high office to be uh, too um, altruistic yeah. because what you get then are zealots yeah. and it's it's kind of almost better for them to be more self-serving and more selfish. I, again, I don't know where I fall on it's that. It's an interesting. I know, like, yeah, I know. It's like um, you want to like you can be passionate, but not too passionate. <laughs> like, yeah, just... yeah. I think, <laughs> I, and also, I think it's one of the things that causes a lot of arguments these days is is the passion for social justice has outweighed, I think, the public's patience for being constantly reminded that everything is bad. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's partly the problem. So it's not that people necessarily disagree on a moral level with what's be, being said. They just don't want to hear it every five minutes, every day, every. And, and that is kind of caused some really radical arguments. And I, I don't know where, where you go on that. Um, it, it's interesting that, I mean, this is provoked between us. <laughs> like we've got on much know. longer we, than we want to. We're wanted like, to we're all over. Um, it, 
It's it's it was great though. I I really like I liked both the TV show and the comics. Yeah. Like all the four that the four graphic novels that I read. Um, really well written, well drawn. Like a lot to really unpack in it. And like yeah, even after I thought I like figured it out in my head, I'm learning now. <laughs> There's like so I'm many other ways like, to think I'm about it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm right or or you're wrong or any of that. I, I think there's always ways to kind of look at a thing. Um, just quickly, so Jupiter's Legacy by Frank uh, Mark Miller. I keep saying Frank Miller. Sorry, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Mark Miller and uh, Frank Quietly. Uh, there are two volumes of that. They're all now labelled Jupiter's Legacy, so depending on which one you find. Um, Jupiter's Circle by uh, Mark Miller and Wilfredo Torres and David Gianfelici. I hope I'm getting that right. And then there's Jupiter Circle Volume 2, which is by Mark Millar, uh, Wilfredo Torres, and Chris Sprouse, which is there. Sorry, I can never quite figure out where the camera's looking. Um, but they're all worth picking up. Yeah. They There is a new Jupiter's Legacy, Legacy story starting up, I think, in June or late may uh so look out for that that's from image comics and netflix that's coming that'll be at your local comic book shop um would you like to move on to invincible <laughs> yeah, oh frozen yeah. yes <laughs> froze there for a Man, second um, <laughs> do you want to do you want to should we do invincible um yeah whatever you want yeah, yeah you you lead you lead us <laughs> so uh there's invincible uh, by uh, Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker. Um, so I skipped this when it first came out. I'm not a big animation fan. I, I don't think animation's bad. I just, as I've gotten older, I'm less interested in watching animation. Um, so I, I skipped this for a few weeks. So I think this came out in April on, on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, and, and sorry, you can catch uh, Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix right now. All all eight episodes, I believe it is, or ten episodes. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I think it was ten. Uh, this show's on Amazon Prime. Um, Invincible. Uh, it's an adaptation of the comic by Copeland and, and Walker. So you did you on this one? Did you read the comic first or watch the show first? I watched the show first again. Right. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I had no nothing wrong with the writing at all. I don't. I, I want to make that clear. Yeah. I, it's just. Well, I thought it was scattered, and I didn't like it. So the the narrative flow of this comic is vastly different to the narrative flow of the show. Um, so basically, this the comic only covers maybe one and a bit episodes of the show yeah, and not really a lot of the major twisting plot line of it. Um, I think the show ha has a lot more shocks uh, in it. I, yeah. there was certainly, I remember messaging you straight after. Yeah. It's like, Oh my God. Um, so do, do you want to talk a bit about the comic first or would you want to just skip that for the moment and, and we'll go to the show? Yeah, we could go to um, the show. Yeah, okay, so the, so the show, like, I, I really enjoyed the show, um, despite not being an animation fan, as I've said. Um, <clears throat> how did you find it? Was it, like, did you did you know going in 
oh, this is based on this comic series, and I want to watch it because that. What made you? What made you gravitate towards the show? I like animation, right? <laughs> um, and it was a it was a comic based uh, animation. So like, I had not. I hadn't looked at the comic at all. Mm. I didn't know anything that it was about. I didn't even read the little blurb other than it was a comic based animation. Um, so after the first episode, I was like, what the F is going on? <laughs> like, oh my God, this is so cool. Because I've never seen anything like that. You know, like you're going along, you're anticipating like similar superhero kind of things to crop up. And then all of a sudden, now I can't remember. I'm going to call him the Utopian. What the hell was his o- name? Omni-Man. 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 Yeah. And again, pretty like similar kind of. Yeah. It's Superman. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then he goes and just, can, are we doing spoilers? Are we letting people yeah, know? Yeah, we could do spoilers. Um, just murders the crap out of everybody in the room. Oh, what the hell? Like, why did he do that? Like, what is going on? It, and it just kept like. Building. I love that secretiveness about it. Like then you had like um, you know, the the head of the agency like mm. following him around. I love the incorporation of the devil too, because that <laughs> that brought a little horror element to it that yeah. I'm like, um just like all these parallel universe characters kind of just melded together. I, I loved it. Like I thought it was really well thought out. Mm. So uh, it, like just briefly, uh it's the story of uh Mark North, I think his name is. Is that right? What's his name? What's his last name? Grayson. Grayson. Sorry, Grayson, Mark Grayson. Right? I don't know why I thought it was North. <laughs> do you know what? I'm thinking of his dad, who is Nolan Grayson, and there's an actor, I think, called Nolan North. And I'm getting <laughs> really radically confused here. Sorry. He's in the, the live version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Mark Grayson. Um, I, I should have remembered that because, of course, there's Dick Grayson, who's Nightwing. Um but um, so Mark Grayson is a kid whose dad is Omni-Man. Um, he is expecting now that he's he's kind of hit, hitting sort of age 16 or 17 to get his superpowers any day now, which he does. Uh, and he dubs himself Invincible um, and kind of puts on a costume and, and goes and, and kind of he starts working with other superhero groups uh the teen team i believe they're called which you know they, that doesn't it is teen what? team isn't it is it teen team or why not yeah teen titan someone else teen t- yeah teen titans is dc damn it <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just, there's been so many sorry Honestly, everyone guys, i'm not this experts. <laughs> my head is so scrambled hey, even... dick, dick grayson is a member of the teen titans in dc <laughs> <Sorry comics>. about... <laughs> i i we're having a bad. It's because we've gone so long. We're so over schedule. <laughs> At the beginning of this, I was like, "Oh, we'll do the, both of these in an hour." <laughs> <laughs> well, even like, uh, yeah, Grayson and uh, is it Samson's the other the Utopians yeah, yeah. last name? So, Samson, like, yeah. and it just keeps like I feel like I'm falling over <laughs> one name into the next. So sorry about that. We should. I, I, I don't know. We should. We should do a crib sheet before that we should send to each other so we've got everything sorry guys i apologize i apologize but look it's more fun this way so uh mark grayson becomes invincible starts working with team team um every now and then he's kind of his own person though he's been trained by his dad now uh big spoiler 
at the end of episode one, um, Omni-Man murders the Guardians of the Globe, which are the kind of Justice League team. Uh, it's bloody, this show. Like, <laughs> I was so really, intense. like, I was so freaking shocked at the, the <laughs> amount of gore in it. Um, I was just, like, it was, it was just one kill after another. It's just like, yeah. what? you know that they sell the action figures there's, <laughs> so there's a regular version and there's a bloody version and i mean right. like this thing is like effing covered and covered in blood see now th there should have been some warning because the the titles for the show i i, I th thought it was fascinating the way they did the the titles of the show which are it. used as punctuation to a sentence yeah um so at a certain point mark says uh, oh, I think I'll call myself, and then the title comes up, Invincible. And, you know, if you look it's at it, I mean, you, you'll notice it. There's a splat of blood yep. that starts off as a small little drop of blood on the first title, and then by the end of the series, it's covering the word Invincible. There is just blood everywhere. So like, I, I don't think I've, I've seen an animation that's this gory, um, and it's very much for adults. Like, please do not let your nine-year-old kid watch Don't this. Don't do it. Just, yeah. There's language. There's there's a lot uh, of blood. Yeah, I was surprised about that too. Like, right. A lot, and, but it was in the comic. Um, but like, if you just go into it, like, you just don't expect it because it's not a typical. It's not a typical yeah. comic thing. Um, it was so good. I it, loved it though. It kind of does posit itself halfway through kind of satire and, yeah. you know, deadly serious. You know, so you have things like uh, there were some great touches in the show and in, indeed in the comic, but the show takes it one step further. So you have the, the high school that Mark attends. This is one of my favourite things. It's called the Reginald Fell Johnson High. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the re listeners out there, Reginald Fell Johnson is uh, quite – uh, uh, sort of well-known American character actor. He, the biggest thing he's done, or the thing he's most famous for, is Die Hard, where he plays um, uh, the, the cop that's kind of trapped outside the building and he communicates with Bruce Willis inside. Uh, Sergeant Al Powell, uh, Powell, I believe it is. And the great thing about the cartoon is they get Reginald Vell Johnson to voice <laughs> the school principal. Like, as soon as he popped up, I was like, that's got to be him. That's got to be him, right? And I paused just to take a look, and yes, it is him. Um, there's a there's so many famous actors doing the voices mm -hmm. here. Um, so you've got Stephen Yang doing um, – I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Stephen Yang doing the voice of Mark Grayson. Mm -hmm. Zazi Beats uh, does the voice of Amber. Um, Gillian Jacobs from Community is the voice of Atom Eve. Um, who I feel like completely mishearing when she yeah, first shows I up. I thought it was called Adam Eve, and it was, and because of the crossed out gender sign on her mm -hmm. thing, I thought, oh, is she like a transgender character? Is that what they're going to do here? Uh, but she's not. She's called Adam Eve, not Adam Eve. <laughs> so I felt like it. I felt like an idiot by episode six. It's like, oh, they're not going to do anything with this. Oh, this um, is not the route we're taking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, you have Omni Man, portrayed by J.K. Simmons. It's such and, a great yeah, voice. Well, yeah, like it's it's such a recognisable voice too. 
And Sandra O oh portrays Debbie Grayson, so she does the voice, which is interesting because they've chosen Korean actors to do the the voice of the mum and the son. So I, I guess they're kind of that's the the sort of um, ethnicity they're kind of going for, which is great. Um, it, it was, yeah, I, I just completely was not prepared for this show. Somewhat prepared by social media. Because they'd gone, oh yeah, look how freaking violent this is. Um, I wasn't also wasn't as prepared for it to be as engrossing as it was. It was. I looked at the running time of each episode and was just like, oh, Christ, like an hour of animation. Like, I'm not, I can't. My girlfriend <laughs> laughed at me because like the first <laughs> the first episode. I watched early in the morning, so I'm sitting there with my bowl of cereal. <laughs> watching, and she just came and went, oh, you're watching cartoons with your cereal. Oh. <laughs> I need to get this done. For work, it's for work. She was like, oh, are you 11? Are you watching cartoons? Like, oh, that is awesome. so funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Great show. I, I think it, it again is that thing of if you have, if you're a superpower being, the obvious, the actual, re, you know, real world application of your powers is to just go, I'm taking over. Yeah. Like you don't need your military anymore. I, I am going to take over the planet. Um, and, and again, heavy spoilers. Sorry. Switch off now if you want. Um, I should have switched off a long time ago. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we've gone over. I'm sorry, um, but just look at all the entertainment you're getting. Um, the uh, you know the alien race that is supposed to have given birth to uh, Nolan uh, to Omni Man, uh, in fact, is a uh, like an all conquering alien race that's moving through the galaxies, taking over worlds by seeding them with with superheroes. I had there, there were some troubles I had with this, so. First of all, we're not so Nolan Omni Man comes from another planet. That's why Ultron. he's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Vil Viltrum, I, I think it's Viltrum, Viltrum. Yeah. yeah. Now, but where does everyone else come from? Like, where where do they all get their powers? Like, how? Like, no explanation really is given for. I know. Like what? Why the world is now completely peopled with not completely, but but peopled with superheroes. Um, uh, so I had I had a bit of a problem with that because although I think we're used to it in comics and therefore accept it easier reading in in the comic, seeing it on the TV show is a bit different. And I think that like given the nearly hour long runtime of each episode. Could they not have given us five, ten minutes explaining why, you know? Um, but they, there you go. That, that, by the I, by. Um, it's, a good, it's a good point, though. Yeah, because, like, okay, what came first? Omni-Man yeah. or, like, everybody else? Yeah. And then why did they allow Omni-Man to come in, like, being that he just, like, mm. floated in all of a sudden? Or, like, are we just accepting that this is a world that had superheroes in it and then he just popped up as well? Mm. you know and then he's just yeah because does everybody know that he's from 
Does yeah, everybody I, know that he's from a different planet, or are they I just don't, like think... I don't know if the wider public knew, but the government guys knew, right? I mean, they they knew. Um, did they? I, yeah, I think they did. They, like they absolutely did. Um, okay. Although, given how paranoid and kind of crazy Cecil is, uh, voiced by one of my favourite actors of all time, Walton Goggins. Um, well, I, I like I will watch anything Walton Goggins in. <laughs> um, like I, I surely the first question would have been, "Hmm, alien race, eh? Yeah. Mm. Let, let me just nuke that, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then if you want to stick around, the planet. interesting. Um, which which does bring up a point. Like, how would the world treat Superman if Superman appeared now and just appeared fully formed as an adult on the planet? rather than a child who'd grown up with, you know, again, quote, unquote, American morals. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how would we treat, you know? Nobody I wants mean, a person in power. I, yeah. I, don't th I don't think you get along. Like, I don't think so at all. I don't think in this, in this, I guess, world or time period that we're in right now, yeah. I don't think superheroes fit in. Do you know what you've just you, you, thank you because you've hit a point that I, I really wanted to make in, in, in amongst both these shows um collectively, um, which is I, I think that it, in the quote unquote in, in the quote unquote real real world. Yeah. Or in, in, sorry, not quote unquote, in the definite real world that we live <laughs> in, if superheroes were to appear, mm -hmm. they would ultimately be bad for the planet. And bad, bad for humanity. And here's what I think they would. If you look at things like the dragons in Game of Thrones, there was a guy called the Nerd Writer who made a great point about the dragons in Game of Thrones, who says the dragons halt progress. And I think that's what superheroes would do. They would yeah. they would bring the planet ever on an evolutionary scale to its freaking knees like we we would just stop because what would be the point after that um i i think there are some comics that have done this very well i can't remember what it was it might have been kurt busiak's astro city where they kind of make a point about people start fabricate once superheroes appear they start of applying start applying less safety restrictions to construction because it doesn't matter if the building falls down because hey, Someone someone's going to yeah. fly in and save it, and I think on a on a growth scale, superheroes would be bad for humanity. hundred um, percent agreed with that. Like, I always like take in uh, one of the one of the movies that has made an impression on me at an early age was the original Time Machine. Um, you know, hmm. you know which one I'm talking the, the about. The George Powell, the the um didn't think i'd be bringing up so yes yeah it's <laughs> so, uh, so like he goes back and and yeah. like the civilization is just like these people just wandering around getting mm. their food from these demons that yeah. will poach yeah, the them off yeah yeah the morlocks yeah that's the one i'm talking about so they're provided for things are they have a cushy life and you know they don't really fight back because they get what they need out of life and they kind of just like hurt around they don't there's nothing that they do to help themselves we're we're in that 
mode right now for the most yeah. part in society <laughs> right now you know you have like your upper society you have like the great minds and they're 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 superheroes in the world of technology and like people don't have to like really think anymore like yeah i mean like i, I think that we're making technological advancements but I mean, like most technological advancements in in the world today, okay. Say so first of all, they'll they'll always have a military application mm -hmm. first before yeah. you even see it. Before you see a mobile phone on your your shop shelf, those would have been in in the employ of the military somehow. Whether it's communications or or ease of assessing the battlefield via pictures or whatever so there would have been some military application um it used to be that as a uh, societally you were about 10 years behind whatever the military were doing now that gap has closed and it's about i think three to five years um so there's stuff coming down the pipe that we've got no idea yet of what to see um i don't know how the military gets on these things first i assume it's you know obviously via contracts and things like that but i i think it's things like I, I don't know technology to find survivors in earthquakes in the aftermath of earthquakes won't be needing that anymore because hey here comes yeah. omni man who can just fling the rocks and and get in the, <laughs> Lift yeah. It up, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah right so I, I think ultimately superheroes would be very, very bad for the world. And it's mm. interesting that you hit that point as well. Um, I, I think they would halt progress in a, in a lot of ways. And I think then what happens is all the money and the technology goes towards how would we stop one of these guys if they decide yeah. to go rogue, uh, which of course we see in this show. Um, like, I, I'm sorry, I feel that where we've gone with this, we've kind of ignored a lot of the fun of the show. The show is fun. It, it's so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't I don't think we did. And also, I want to I wanted to call out that um, on our vocal actors, we have Mark Hamill and, uh, shoot, what's the guy from uh, the league? Rafi. He's in it, too. He's the, he's the douchey character. All right. Okay. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. Mark Hamill was the guy that does the suits. No, really? Yeah. Wait a second. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, yeah. Mark Hamill's the guy that does the suits. Wow. Man, okay. I really wish I had written out all the names. <laughs> yeah. This cast is like so over the top. Like it, it's really amazing. Um, mm. but yeah, yeah, the whole thing was fun. I I don't know. I it, I think it's a really valid point though that you bring up in it because for as fun as it was, it really like hits on like these really intense things yeah. like where do these where do these people and fit you, you actually see that the show does give you a positive version of sort of superhero interventionism where atom eve says actually i'm going to she breaks off the kind of shackles of her parents which yeah. is why would you need um which is good because that's kind of that says a little bit about you know female emancipation mm -hmm. um she goes and lives out in the woods and she then starts kind of actually helping the world. And it, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's what you would do. Now, 
a lot of those ideas kind of have been done before. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of Miracle Man, the the famous, quite famous Alan Moore comic that has been it's been tied up in a lot of legal troubles over the course of its history, unfortunately. But in Miracle Man, towards the the sort of final stages, he he just decides to kind of take over the world and. He does. The, look, there's a great scene where, because it's, it's obviously from the 80s, he's, he's sitting there with these politicians, including Margaret Thatcher in the UK. And, and there you go. There's a UK set yeah. superhero comic <laughs> okay. uh, that works perfectly. And, and he kind of, yeah, okay, so uh, we're going to restructure this. We're going to do this. We're going to get rid of money. And, and Margaret Thatcher sits there and goes, what makes you think we're going to allow that to happen? And he just looks at her and goes, allow? Like, no, it's, it's, we are doing it. You, this is you happening. Don't have a, yeah. Um, and it, it's just like, look, you, you guys aren't running the world anymore. I'm running the world now and I'm going to reshape it. And, and I, I don't know if I would want to, like, I, I, I'm quite the capitalist, I have to say, you know, <laughs> I believe in. I believe in some of the the structure of capitalism. I don't believe in unchecked capitalism. I think mm -hmm. that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure I'd want to get rid of money or, like, uh, you know, I think my brain is far too attuned to, to kind of. Yeah, I know. I don't know in. about abolishing certain things, but uh... yeah. Um, and and also, uh, unfortunately, it would take two or three generations, I think, or at least another one or two generations to get past the self-serving nature of people mm. like you wouldn't if, if tomorrow you got rid of money and you got rid of this and you like said oh, okay well everyone's going to grow a garden and everyone's going to do this you would find hoarders and thieves and da -da -da, and it just would not work the way you think it's it's going to work mm -hmm. because again our brains are far too attuned to the way it has been working for the last few hundred years um well, so I mean, yeah we're always going to have problems like yeah just because oh, you think that's you it, get, yeah. yeah you get rid of one thing <laughs> something else is gonna something else is gonna come yeah. i think <laughs> if you did if you did get rid of money the planet might be slightly better off ecologically for, for in the short term because if you get rid of the, the need for money, you get rid of the need to to kind of drive certain industries, polluting industries. Mm. But what you can't get rid of is, is curiosity. And therefore, you know, when you look at like the travel industry, which makes quite a big carbon footprint, that wouldn't go away. So like we've gone way off base on this. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But like, I, I think... <laughs> the good th look, the good thing about this is this is what this rather silly fiction if you want to call it that or not it silly is. but this child's medium can actually bring up it can be thought provoking yeah. um I, I i think the one thing that it speaks to for me sorry nikki i feel like i've completely monopolized the conversation absolutely sorry. i don't feel that way at all i um, think you bring up a lot of interesting points i i think the one thing that both these shows bring up Jupiter's Legacy and Invincible is that it's the next generation's almost their responsibility to reject and destroy the generation that came before it. Yes. Um, and that can be anything from rebellion to, you know, the mass movement rebellions mm -hmm. that we're seeing now, 
or mass movement kind of um I don't know what to call them. Sorry, I, I, my vocabulary is gone. But you know, where, where, where you see younger people trying to kind of really change the world, um, I think some of that can be a bit naive. I think sometimes younger people, including me, I've I've been through this as well, reject the older generation to their detriment, mm -hmm. um, and we lose some ideas and ideals that could be helpful. Um, but I think both these shows and comics enforce that idea of it's up to you as a younger person to destroy the generation that came came before in a mm, way yeah um, yeah it's like it, oh, it's, these, it's these absolutes um like it can't you can't be pulling from each other's thoughts like it has to be no we gotta scrap this move on with something else like yeah and, <clears throat> you know again not not to you know, be political about it, but like that's that's a problem. Like, it, like there needs to be some common ground that we yeah. can work off of to better mm. the world, or at least make advancements. But like, yeah, it's it's always this this case of you know defy what was before and make your own mark, and then the next generation mm. comes, and you just it's this endless cycle, and that's why we can't just like zip through progress. <laughs> like we always just gotta backtrack a little before we go I think forward. the problem like one of the problems I have with the the generation that's coming up behind me is that I don't trust the motivations for doing what they're doing like I, I think a lot of it is actually quite selfish although it seems quite um uh altruistic what it actually is is a way of going look how moral I am look how wonderful I am because I stand up for this and it's just like no what I'd rather do is like act, mm -hmm. act, do it, mm -hmm. yeah. and then come back to me and go, Look how great I am, or don't. And just like, and I think there is a certain amount of, and and you know, we're all guilty of it, I've done it too. There's a certain amount of egotism in, in the mm -hmm. actions we take now, yeah. Um, I, that's a, that's a really, really good point. And like, this is something that I've been struggling with the past couple of years too, because like mm. we're so heavily dependent on connecting social media, being online, showing what we're doing, being somehow involved. And like you get a little, it's a little convoluted. It's not just, you know, again, it's not, Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it back. Like, I went to a Rob Zombie concert, right? And he's, always, he's always barking at people. Put your phones away. I don't want to see your phones. Like, enjoy the moment. And it's like, shit, Rob. Like, if I want to capture this moment, I bought this damn ticket. I want to capture this moment. And it's like, mm, you know what? Maybe the guy has a point. Like, just experience yeah. it and live there. And then you're going to communicate those memories with the people that you were at the show with, you know? Or you're going to remember them in your own way. Now it's like, it has to be this ideally captured, you know, tidbit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to encapsulate it here in my and, feed. And I, I actually think that's the kind of difference between Mark and Amber and and uh, Eve as well, is that <clears throat> Mark's taking direct action in the way that he wants to take direct action. Amber is taking direct action in the way that she wants to take direct action. She she works in a soup kitchen. She's actually doing something. And 
the the thing is when you look at all of mark's actions they're all to do with destruction yeah in a way <clears throat> like how hard can i pound this guy you know i can make this change if i beat the crap out of this guy and you, you know he, he doesn't necessarily learn from that and, and you know when he has to take on his dad at the end it's kind of ah uh, yeah hold on how's that help you now because this guy's a lot older a lot smarter Mm-hmm. He knows how to use his powers. Um, uh, um, but, the, yeah. I, 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 She's I making know. subtle, I, I think, subtle positive yeah. ripples that in the long run will on help a, On a community people. level, yeah. 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 Um, and she knows everybody's name and that's mm-hmm. important, you know. Um, so there is some great, great stuff in there. I, I genuinely can't wait for season two. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go run right out and, and grab the next volume of the comics um that's going to kind of depend on budget but um yeah definitely worth doing both i think because mm. you get two totally different experiences yeah the, the art in this by cory walker is a lot kind of like uh sort of mike mignola-esque in, in a lot of ways lots of really jagged lines really big sound effects real good use of silhouette um it's a lot more colorful than mignola's stuff though um and i'm not saying that's a detriment to either uh it's just it's that's the application it's 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 kind of more colorful um yeah like i i love this um i really enjoyed it i can't wait for season two which i think they've they've greenlit season two and season three so they're they're plowing ahead with this and it's it's kind of strange how amazon has found this niche of doing the bloody sweary superhero show because they also do the boys um and they yeah and they've kind of got that that niche now of doing the those kind of shows based on independent comics um or image which is kind of quasi independent or yeah. Well, actually, no. Hold on. Who does boys? Dynamite do boys. So, yeah. Um, they got like that raunchier vibe for yeah. sure. Yeah. De- definitely, definitely, and and like the the boys actually in a lot of ways holds back on some of the stuff that was in the comics. I don't know if you've ever read the boys comics. I haven't but, uh, touched it. It's on my uh, list. Yeah. When you get the chance, you know, give give it a look. Um, but I, I actually think it. For, it holds back if anything it, it um although the language and violence is to the extreme i think the 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 kind of there's some other aspects the raunchier aspects as you say that the boys holds back on and uh i think this does too um i guess it's because a lot of people are actually quite squeamish about sex but not violence <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring on the violence. We're good yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, but don't yeah, show me. Let, let's dance around the other part. Yeah, yeah don't show me anyone's ass, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know. um, but yeah, this is it. It is incredibly violent. Do not let the kiddies watch. Um, Jupiter's Legacy is quite violent too. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're both like. If we're talking about both of them, oh, and I just remembered one other thing from Jupiter's Legacy too. I don't know. Yeah, go for it. Uh, What did you think about the Utopian going to see his therapist? (laughs) That's great. That actually does. That is in the comics. Um, Yeah. I I 
I liked it. The twist is quite interesting. Um, I think that it, again, it, it's, it says a lot for looking back and taking stock, do you know, of, yeah. of your life and your allegiances and your enemies in a way mm-hmm. um so yeah like that's uh that was an interesting thing i i, I, I can't say believe too, we skated yeah. over that i that <laughs> that i that i thought was like a huge thing like mm. this guy's only friend now is his enemy that he'd been fighting forever yeah. you know and like now he's gonna go to him to talk about because like again i watched the tv show first so it was like the, his therapist seems like he hates him and then like i read the comment i'm like I, oh <laughs> well about I think that it, i think at some stage you'll get get into conflict with all your friends in a way and therefore your your enemies will become your friends um i i think there is something in that uh in life you know mm. um especially as you get older like um you, you know, it's that there is something for looking back and kind of thinking, did did I do this right? Did I do that right? Um, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see where they put that in season two. These are both great shows. I, I've really enjoyed both of these. I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the comics. I really enjoyed talking today to you about them. Um, even though we went off in... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's really a tribute to the show because they like. Yeah. I think between the both of them, like they're unique in that in that way that they've been able to not beat you over the head with real world stuff, but it makes you think about real world things. Yeah. If that makes sense, um, mm. you know, it, it's not just like let me just hammer this home like they're just like subtle drops throughout the whole thing um and both both of them and then um yeah i i don't know i think they're just really well done um sure like i i, I agree i agree um i wasn't prepared to really enjoy a, a sort of hour-long piece of animation every week with invincible but i did and i'm really pleased that i did um Great job by all the teams. Jupiter's Legacy is a very different show from Invincible in the look and style, not least of all live action to animation. Um, but I think there's that that works for both shows. All s- episodes of Jupiter's Legacy are on Netflix now. All episodes of Invincible are on Amazon Prime now. I, I will try and drop links in the the comments below. Um, speaking of dropping links in the comments below, please do look at the Patreon, guys. It really helps if you consider supporting us. Uh, I'd like to pay my co-host here uh, for all our fine work, and uh, especially taking an extra half hour on top of where we thought we'd be <laughs> today. Um, so please do take a look at that. Take a look at the web store. That will help support me and the general running of the website because it is a fairly expensive enterprise to do so yeah please do take a look at that um and go and get yourself some jupiter's legacy and invincible comics because they're really good really good um all all, all from image now um you can get them at gosh comics 
or any really good comic stockist. Uh, I buy my comics at Gosh, which is why I kind of always try and plug those guys. Um, yeah, have fun. Enjoy the show. We'll catch you next time on The Crush. Nikki, thank you so much for giving thank up. Thank you. So oh my much God. of your no, day. Thank you so much. And I do, I'm going to say, this is our first show that we've agreed on liking it. Yes, that's true. That's true. They're really good. They're really good. So <laughs> I think really that good. says something if, if they're yeah. able to appeal to both of us. <laughs> And we like both really like them, so yeah, definitely watch I, I them. Didn't, I didn't think about it, yeah, because we've kind of we've kind of disagreed on. We're always on, opposite. Yeah, um, but that that's a great thing. I, I I always like hearing your point of view, hearing what you've got to say, hearing why you did or didn't like something. It's always interesting to yeah. me. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys though. Drop a comment in, comment. in the thing below, um, and uh, yeah, subscribe, like, share, do all that stuff because that helps. Uh, check out the articles and other things, podcasts on the Comic Crush. There is a ton of content on there every week. Um, there's a bunch of good stuff on there right now. Take a look. Um, Nikki, we're going to be back. We hope, we think, for Army of the Dead, which yes. we're going to probably do right after this. We think if we've got time. <laughs> change my shirt people are gonna think i live. <laughs> live in this don't don't give the game away don't <laughs> tell people how the trick is done um so uh guys thanks for tuning in nikki thank you so much for giving up so much of your time thank you um we'll catch you guys next time on the crush and goodbye <laughs>